0: Hi and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist.
1: And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 233. Tonight, Matt and Doug get together and talk about the sound of an engineer. This includes discussion of ear over gear, what aspects are instrumental to an engineer's sound, and thoughts on why we choose specific plugins and gear. Enjoy the show. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> Ooh, new profile pick. Yeah, I
0: was tired of my other one being so small. I don't know why it was so small. And I couldn't find the original, so I just changed it all (laughs) together.
1: How you doing, man? Good. Let me turn my uh, volume down a little bit. You are hot.
0: I am hot. Oh, my recording, yes. My vocals are hot.
1: (laughs) All right. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Now I can't hear (sighs) myself. Why are you so damn hot? You've been messing with your uh, audio again? No, man. <laughs> it's bored this way. <laughs> well, by that profile pic, man, you are burning it up,
0: smoking. Well, let me—is
1: that going to be all over social media now?
0: Uh, that's an older pic. It still tracks because mm-hmm. I still look like that, but it's uh, it's older. Am I hot? Still hot?
1: It's like, yeah, it's like you're you're ready to like go on out with the man Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I believe that's a selfie I took with a film camera. I'm not sure tripod and everything
1: oh yeah so is that like you took a still image out of a out of a film
0: no, no or are you no, no, talking I mean about like, like a 35 yeah millimeter like 35
1: millimeter. gotcha gotcha i know it's hard to explain in the <laughs> podcast but matt has got this profile pic that really can you turn that off dude it's really distracting to me i mean <laughs> i don't seriously. know can I? It's a, <laughs> I just can't take my eyes off you <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know uh that's too funny no, don't worry about it <laughs> i to find the setting zoom is so confusing um wednesday it's wednesday house things how you doing i'm doing great
1: is it wednesday it's wednesday i got i only know because i just got home on. From work i know it's wednesday because i got headphones on and a microphone and there place. you go there you go some people, it's the bottle that they're drinking, but for me, it's the headphones and the mic thing. So. Yeah.
0: For me, yeah. Kombucha. That's what's in my bottle right now.
1: <laughs> Ice water filtered. That's probably a better idea.
0: A little less, a um, little less throat coat.
1: Anywho. So we just came off a couple of great shows. We had those <laughs> interviews.
0: So this was guaranteed not to be great. <laughs>
1: And yeah, yeah, and so this is the anticlimactic part where it's just Matt and I. Yep. No cool interviews, just the two but of I us. But I think we got a cool topic tonight. I
0: do too. I'm glad you suggested it, and I think I know why you suggested
1: it. But you can you can well say yeah. I mean, we were having a conversation on plugins, which was the impetus of which was the the BX sale that's going on right plug-in
0: alliance having a big sale today it's probably ending in a couple hours um to help support brainworks whose studio got flooded yep. which we mentioned in a previous podcast
1: and if you recall from about three podcasts back i was talking about how i intend to delete all the plugins that i yeah don't use
0: i was wondering if you were going to mention that again like this could be one of those things that you pretend like you forgot you said or or I haven't really, actually done it. I was gonna say, did you really follow through? Because I'm tempted. No, I just
1: No, I'm looking for a window of opportunity to just focus on like machine maintenance and cleaning out files yeah, and stuff like that. So that I'm take care stuff of it
0: takes a lot longer than you expect. It could end up taking like a whole Saturday or even a whole weekend sometimes. Yeah. I haven't had that. But yeah, we but were, yeah, and- we were talking yesterday because we were both kind of like, we got the sale email, we're browsing the sale. We're going back and forth on, on Slack going, I don't know, what would you buy? I don't know. What would you buy? Well, I like this and I like that. And I use this and I use that. <laughs> and I mean, I ended up and part of it was procrastination. I I can always tell when I get really like weirdly productive in this kind of way, it's probably because I'm procrastinating. But um. I'm like I'm like okay I'm I'm gonna allow myself to buy one plugin I have a voucher basically a coupon and it's on sale and so I narrowed it down to like a top four I downloaded the demos and then I did shootouts with existing plugins that I do have to see if <laughs> if I already have those things in my arsenal and just hadn't used them yet or if the new plugins would genuinely be. Uh, and a nice addition to my to my toolkit. Yep. So it was that was like I spent a good portion of the morning doing that, <laughs> um, and then I ended up but buying SPL Iron.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, I was telling. You, I like that. One. Yeah, it's good. I have that one. It is in my uh, master bus. It's not always enabled, mm-hmm. but it's one of those plugins that I um, that I do keep in there and. You know, and I've mentioned before, I have like, I don't really use templates. I have, I have a template, which is what I use to set up my initial session, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have a chain or anything like that. I just have all the plugins that I use ready to go and they're all disabled, all in a default state. And, um, and then depending on the material I'm working with is going to depend on what I actually choose to use. I see,
0: But it's still kind of like a palette, right? Like a. Like a pre selected. I'm sorry, say that again. Like a pre selected palette of tools, or like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So I've got my palette. This is the palette I like to use. And, and that, as we were kind of talking about, you know, these plugins and stuff and, and why to buy and things, you know, I got to thinking that, um, you know, I look at these things as tools and, and they do things that solve problems. They also, though, represent, what I my sound, who I am. Right. Like a guitar player has tone. I believe that an, an engineer has their own sound, their own quality about the way that they produce engineer music. And and I think that while it's not as easy as to being able to identify who a, what guitar players play in that riff or something like that, you know, or drummer or whatever. I think that with a lot of listening experience and focus on specific engineers, that one can really get a feel for the quality of sound and what an engineer sounds like. And it could be much different than another engineer with the same kind of material, if you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: I I agree. And I do think that it's, it can be really subtle and hard to, unless you like listen to a broad body of work done by that engineer and these days, without, you know, with, without a lot of liner notes to look at, it can be harder to figure that out. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I definitely think that, and, you know, I was, I was, yeah, I was thinking a lot about this. I mean, I, I, I know you probably have a bunch to say about this. I do, too, because ever since you mentioned the topic, I've been thinking a bunch about um, what I think about this and why I think about it. But um, I do agree that uh, engineers, because of who they are and what they use, bring a certain sonic quality to their productions whether intentional yeah. or unintentional but i think it's mostly intentional but i even though but i think that even though a lot of engineers will say i try not to color the sound i try not to make it sound like me i try not to have a sound i try to just let the artist shine i think despite that there's not really any way that they can't that they can completely remove themselves from the equation
1: no, and and the idea is, and that brings us back around to our discussion on, on the plugins and BX sale and stuff like that, is that those choices and the tools that you use, the reason that you choose them is because you like how they sound,
0: right? Right, because of your taste. And I think it all yeah, comes back to your of, taste.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be an extension of your sound. So that palette that I have, to me represents my taste in processing gear right. and tools, you know, and each one of those tools has different qualities and the sum total of those, you know, and how I use them represents what I think is my sound. Yeah. And then what I said in our discussion is that clients hire us because of our sound or they don't hire us because of our sound, <laughs> Yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that When making those decisions, rather than thinking in terms of "oh yeah, this is going to solve a problem for me," it's more of this meets kind of a sonic requirement that it's something that I like. I, I connect with it. It's doing something that that I want to hear, and you know, and when you do that and apply it to the material, then. That's your ear being applied, you know? And so that's the whole thing is that, you know, we are, uh, as engineers, the work that we do represents our ear.
0: Right. The the whole, it's not the gear, it's the ear. Yeah.
1: Well, it's both. It is both. But you're choosing choosing the gear because of your ear, you know? Exactly. Yes, exactly that.
0: Yeah, so yeah, and I, I and I that's what I was thinking was that it it all comes back to your taste and, and then what comes what comes from that. You know, you like certain sounds, you like certain types of music and you'll pick the tools that help um make the things that you're working on so, um, you know, sound more like the things that you like.
1: Yeah. And take that uh Take that iron compressor, for example, and I know I mentioned this to you, but to me, about the only material that I like to use that on is is heavy material, distorted guitars, Mm -hmm. heavy heavy bass and drums, you know, and so basically metal, hard rock. I think that, and it's not maybe coincidental that it's named iron, (laughs) I don't know, but to me, whenever I've tried to use that in other material that's that's not hard it just doesn't do it for me and that's not to say it doesn't work for that stuff okay it's it but it's not my preference
0: right and the heavy stuff that's my wheelhouse so when i heard it i was like yeah this sounds really good and i a beat it with other compressors that i thought were similarly designed and none of them sounded quite like that on the material that i was putting it through so i
1: yeah purchased it so i don't know if you'll get the same thing you know maybe you you try it out on some other material maybe blues or something else that you get you know and and see what you think i'd, I'd be interested to know if you feel the same way or not and that doesn't mean that that just means that you and i kind of dig the same things True. you know but uh i think we um, do we have similar tastes friends, you know but
0: i mean we i know the bands that you like and you know it, the bands that i like i know we do have some similar tastes uh in our musical um you
1: know what we like yeah, I know we diverge as well, you sure. know, which is cool. And, and then I go to different tools for quieter music, you know, mm-hmm. and more subtly dynamic music types. So I, I think the, the iron compressor just really lends itself to heavily compressed music, you know, mu- or music that does really well with, with heavily c- compressed music uh or heavy compression applied is what i mean. Yeah,
0: i was running a really heavy song through it on the master bus and i just really liked what it did to the clarity of the mid-range that i couldn't really yeah. get from the other compressors i was using that I, that I also think very highly of but they just didn't sound the same even if i dialed in the same stuff. But i would be curious if you used it say on a drum bus or well you don't really you're not really mixing though. You're you're mastering. No. So you you're pretty much dealing with the whole the whole you know, two track, right? Yeah, I sometimes forget. <laughs> As I said before, they were t- they were talking about two completely different. um But yeah, approaches. see, I think
1: it, I think it was shine on that. It might be overkill on on a, you know, maybe really good, probably on a drum bus. But I don't know how how well that would do or how practical that would be on a like a single like a snare track or something. Yeah, you know? no, I'm not sure.
0: I'm pretty much eleven seventy six on a snare, but yeah that makes more sense to me but. yeah but on a drum bus i I, you know i like something that glues it all together and i think i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it just for fun anyway i'm glad i bought it um i'm i'm still yeah, got right the on. other one in my wish list the next time i get a voucher and it goes on sale i'll get that that <laughs> backs that backs all eq it's just really oh, yeah. subtle and musical and sweet
1: yep it is and uh it finds its way at the usually at the very beginning of uh, of my chain i don't know why um but uh i usually do correction before anything else and but that backs just seems to work really nicely before compression for some reason oh interesting and and so I, i definitely i would play around with it and try it in different places but uh um, for some reason, I always tend to gravitate with the backs, you know, with high shelf and low shelf. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it just, the compression after that EQ just sort of, you know, then glues those shelves and the way that that's sounding uh, okay. together for me. And I don't know, it just smooths it out a little bit where I feel like it's a little too aggressive after compression for some reason. Maybe. I'll remember that because
0: I, I am going to get it. I did, I did A-B it with uh, some stuff that I have, especially some, uh, some of the newer uh, Slate stuff. And um, I can pretty much replicate the, the use case for it, but maybe not the exact sound that it has. Um, so because of that, I decided that, you know, if I wanted to, to do that, I could do it now with what I have, um, and, have and get a similar effect. <clears throat>
1: But beyond that, and the tools, I think the way that uh, that an engineer uses those things, it could you know it could be an eleven seventy six or it could be it could be whatever. Though you can get deeper than you know into the the refined movements that an engineer how how they use the tool, right. you know, comes into play as well. You know, because because just the gear, and I think that's the ear over gear thing. You know, again, it's the the gears there, but it's how the engineer is applying that where they're applying it and uh, techniques that they're using. If they're automating it, you know, there's those, all those different things, um, you know, create that sound. So, and that's, there's so many different variables there that that's what makes every one of us unique. right? So I was thinking about something else along
0: this line, which is that, okay, so if your taste drives your, your decisions and those decisions include your choice of tools, But taste can also evolve over time. Um, And even though it drives your decisions, it may later be colored by your evolving ability. So what I was thinking of this in terms of, let's say your taste doesn't change. Let's say you have the same, I like the sound of this kick. I like the sound of this genre. I like the sound of these guitars. I know what I like to hear. But when you're starting out, like i think like when you're starting out driving and you buy you know the first car that you can afford that's a decent car and you drive that around for a while you're still the same driver as you are later when you can afford a better car and you know what you can appreciate a car with like better gas mileage more power um more features more you know maybe it's roomier or something you just you're you're you still know what you like and you're still the same driver but you you can, uh, you know, you know the difference and you can afford a better quality car and drive that around instead. So I think that there is an evolving taste in the tools that you use and that evolving taste may go hand in hand with uh, your ability to reproduce exactly what you want. And what I really mean by that is, yeah, you 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 can, as we've said before, you can make a great mix with stock plugins and maybe your stock plugins are fantastic. But once you get to a point where you know what problem you're trying to solve, you know exactly the sound you're going for, and you want to get there faster and easier, you know, maybe some of the third-party tools will help you get there, and you won't really know until you try them. This is what I was ruminating on earlier, <laughs> that some tools just this sound, some of them really do sound better, but you might not know that at the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, there's evolving technology. That, too. There's, cha- there's changes in your ear as you grow older, and you that have too. been listening longer. <laughs> but let me, let me ask you this. Consider a song mm-hmm. that you heard back in the 70s that, that you just absolutely—I mean, it blew you away at that time. Yep. And how does that song make you feel today? Did your taste change and you no longer like that song?
0: No, mostly I like the same songs as I liked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much, I, so, I still listen to all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So the stuff that you like, you know, it didn't really turn into stuff that you didn't like. You still continue to like it, right? Yeah. I'm not saying For the most part. I'm sure there's instances. I mean, you know, there there was like Nickelback's first album was great until it wasn't cool to yeah. like him anymore. You <laughs> True, <know>? but. <laughs>
0: No, I'm, I'm saying less that your taste changes over time, but your ability to get where you're going, like, like you can learn to appreciate, okay, I used to listen to the radio on a, you know, maybe a transistor radio or whatever, and I, or a boombox, right? And I would record onto a cassette, like right off the radio, not even plugged into anything like on a, you know, on a, just a cassette in a Radio Shack recorder, right? And that was still, that was still, you could hear the song, that was enough, but Later on, you go, you grow to appreciate. Okay, I'm going to put this in vinyl on a hi-fi and listen to it in a room when everybody, when nobody else is here, so I can hear every note, you know. And you crank Pink Floyd up yeah. or whatever. That's that's a that's an appreciate. Your taste didn't change, but you knew how to get there in a more quality way. Yeah, I think that. And changes. the interesting
1: thing about that is, is as that environment changed and the equipment that you're using to listen on changed. All of a sudden you heard something in that song that you've listened to for 25 years or more that you never heard before. Yeah, I still do that. And and it's like, I can't believe I've never heard that. Or, you know, is it because I never noticed it or is it because it was never reproduced right. as well as, as it is now? Because whatever, you know, I have a better turntable and, and speakers, you know, uh, the technology that's involved in, in the speakers that I have now compared to then. Is so much better, you know, and my amplification, whatever. There's all those different yeah, variables, yeah. and then more comes forward out of that recording that just wasn't being reproduced in a in a way that you heard that earlier, which or it might have been uh, drug or alcohol induced, <laughs> or you never noticed it, you know. But
0: it <laughs> speak for yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> Now this still happens to me because you know I spent so much of the 90s ripping CDs to MP3s and listening to them streamed off my computer. As a lot of us did. Were you on Napster? Uh Napster and LimeWire there. In fact, I would I would yeah. I would I didn't just steal, I didn't just steal music, but I would find new music that way. I would discover it that way. And then I would walk yeah. down to Amoeba and buy the CD. I never bought more CDs in my life than I did when they at Napster and LimeWire around. Because I wanted to hear the do rest you miss,
1: of it. Uh, do you miss Winamp?
0: No. I never really had no. Winamp because I was always on a Mac. Uh, but my point was that I still occasionally listen to stuff that I ripped previously because I don't I don't know where the CD
1: is. But You were on a Mac in like 98 to 2000?
0: I was on a Mac... In 1990. <laughs> oh, were you? Yeah, I learned graphic design on a Mac. And then I just always used Macs after that, and I became an Apple repair technician. And I, that's a whole nother, That's a whole nother story. My point being <laughs> that I still listen to MP3s, but now that I'm streaming stuff on Spotify and I'm hearing things that I've listened to literally hundreds of times and hearing stuff in it that I never heard before because I got you know, my studio headphones on and I'm listening to it or I'm listening to it on my studio monitors and it's, you know, streaming uh, over Spotify. And it's, it's, I don't know what they did with the mix. I don't know if they use some kind of radio style compression and EQ on it or something, but I'm hearing things in songs that I've heard a thousand times that i never heard before. And I just wonder if it's because it was ripped to a CD, I mean, to MP3 and it just didn't have the same quality. Yeah. Most likely.
1: I think so. You know, and so there's those changes. That, uh yeah, it's it's interesting. And uh, but I think to the point, the the fundamental or your or your foundation of listening mm-hmm. is where you, is the reason you are where you are now in your experience and listening and what your ear tells you. You know that that just comes from listening. You know, and then reproducing is the practice of applying what's in your head. What are you hearing outside that makes you want to change it in some way to meet what it is that you want out of it? Right. You know, and that's, that's that sound. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the art and the craft
1: right yeah. there. I think the challenge is, and I, maybe not you so much, I think you already do it, but any listeners and engineers, you know, I challenge them to not do anything. Just sit and hit the play button. Oh, that is hard. Stop. <laughs> stop and just listen. And then try to go through an entire production without just going, let's let's play and see. I mean, which is fun to do. I like to do that too. I'm not saying it's bad. It is fun. I have had to sit on my
0: hands before.
1: <laughs> Don't yeah. touch anything. But to actually go, I hear this and as a recording, And because of that, I want to make this change Mm -hmm. and make every move through intention Mm -hmm. and try it, just do it as a practice thing, you know, and then obviously incorporate your, okay, now I just want to play around with the EQ for a while and see what does this do? What does that do? And see if I get any cool ideas out of playing with stuff, you know, Um, because that's important too. But, but that type of thing is ear training. It's, It's helping you develop more ideas that that just come through kind of the creative process of that you know yeah it's a real challenge and i make myself do it and i think especially in the discipline of mastering um one really needs to be cognitive of what the material what's going on with the material and why do you want to make a change right and that's that's why i do mix reviews Mm mm-hmm I audition the mixes before I start mastering because I need to, one, provide a service that gives feedback to the mix engineer if I can and try to identify things that are better served back at the engineer desk than, you know, mixing desk than my mastering desk. Ideally,
0: you wouldn't have to do that because theoretically it comes to you in its highest form already.
1: Yeah. And often it does. So that, and it just depends, but you know, even the best engineers, sometimes there may be something. Right. It's my job to, to hear that and identify that. And so that's my excuse for not doing anything.
0: The, the, first, the, time, first, thing the first time. first time through.
1: Yeah. The first time, maybe more times than the first, but um, to go through and, and listen to a point where I'm confident that I have a really good feel for what is going on in the song and and if there's any problems and also to identify what I really like about it and and get all that stuff really clear in my head before I do anything. And those, the moves that you make then by intention identify, I think, me, the, the moves I make um, and identify my sound.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting thing. And I know it's different with mastering because like I just said, it's theoretically it comes to you already in the best possible form that the previous, you know, engineer put it in. Like, this is my best mix. This is the best form I could get this in now take it higher. And you can sometimes go, well, yes, but you know, maybe you're, you're, there's so many variables there. I
1: mean, a a lot of stuff that comes off of especially out of home studios and things like that is coming from environments that are, Less, than, Less ideal. than optimum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's to no fault of, of that mix engineer. They're just not able to hear things. Right. Because in their environment and the, the equipment that they have, it's just not reproducing it. Oftentimes I get stuff that it just it's a surprise to the engineer that there's even a problem right. there in that area or something. You know, I can usually see Usually that. that's in the low end, yeah, too. Yeah, I was going to say. But... Uh, which is why I always kind of start in the low end because it gives you things. And then, you know, as you're moving on, things kind of reveal themselves as well. But
0: yeah, I can imagine when, so when mastering, uh, which as, as I've done, you, you want to listen to it all the way through, get a sense of what it is, where it's going, what it's trying to say, and then go, but go back through and say, okay, here's, here's how I would enhance that. Um, and take notes, still not touching anything. But yeah. uh, but I usually uh, you know I write down here's where uh, here's a thing that I would do here here's a thing that I would do here. Now
1: with yeah. mixing, There's, here, uh, oh it's like oh this needs to be fixed. Yeah. Oh that's that's really cool. I don't want to hurt that. Right.
0: That's just as important, and it's sometimes easy to forget because you feel like you're listening with a critical ear, and so you only look for the things you want to change.
1: But yeah, some things. No, you don't because it's important to know what's really good and what you really like. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because uh, those are things where if you're making changes on something else and then you hear a change in that stuff that you do like, that you, you affected it in some way. Right. And you know, where you're like, well, that kind of was harmful. So I want to, I don't want to do what I just did. I'm going to back that off or whatever.
0: <laughs> the Hippocratic oath of mastering first, do no harm. It
1: is. And I, I live by it, you know, so it's, you know, do no harm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, every move should be an improvement and, and not to the detriment of something else Obviously, there's there's trade-offs sometimes, but it's making really good trade-offs. It's it's not like uh, you know it's well. I don't have a good analogy, so forget <laughs> that. But I was looking for a medical analogy, oh. but I was failing there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't help you there. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking so so differently in terms of mixing. Now I've I've read some you know famous mix engineers say, okay, I don't listen to the client mix until after I've gotten all the stems done a quick balance mix and get it to what I think it should be. And then I go and listen to the client mix and see how far off I was. And, um, other, other ones will say, okay, I always listen to the client mix first because one, you only get, you only get to hear the song for the first time once period. And the client mix will tell you what, not only what they're shooting for, but what is important to them. Like maybe they like drums like really prominent in the mix and maybe they like um the vocals buried a little bit you know what i mean that'll it'll it'll inform you a little bit of their taste i actually do yeah. like to listen to the client mix first and, and make notes about okay here's what here's what this is saying here's where this is trying to go this is what is important to the to the client and then how can i beat that and sometimes the client mix comes in and i go damn oh, i'm gonna top that that's pretty good um but that's like, well, those. That's, those firm, are always... that's like a challenge. Like, all right, yeah. game on, game on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's only you're only going to hear it for the first time once, and so it's yeah. important when you hear it for the first time to think about what is this bringing, what does it sound like, what is it saying, what is it trying to do, and not go, okay, there's a problem, I'll fix. There's a problem, I'll fix. There's a problem, I'll fix. And it's you have you do have to train yourself a little bit to. Put the uh you know, put the put a listener ear on rather than an engineer hat
1: on the first time through. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really important.
0: Because it comes back to taste. What is their yeah. taste? What's their taste and how does my taste intersect and overlap and, and enhance what uh, where it's gonna go.
1: But don't forget sometimes the sound of an engineer is oh my god, what was that? <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I can think I'm not going to name it, but I can think of an album by a band that I saw live uh, as very famous members, and uh, they I love them live, and I'm sure that this album was had great songs, but it was so badly engineered that I listened to it once and I couldn't listen to it again. It was it made me, it made yeah me tell sad. me you
1: can cut it out later. <laughs> I'll cut it out later.
0: um well, you know Caius, right? no you don't know caius oh well then the rest of the story doesn't matter (laughs) okay this was like this was like them reforming and coming back under a new name but um yeah it's just like the mastering i i i don't think it was the mix i think it was the mastering they wanted it crushed and it was crushed and it was crushed to the point where it just didn't sound good and i think i've heard that death magnetic by metallica is the same way
1: which well that's like the loudest isn't that the record for the the loudest production ever. One of, yeah,
0: I think it's, I think it may have been, and they they had to redo it for vinyl, obviously, because that would not play on a vinyl record. And apparently, yeah, there was really only good. one
1: groove. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there is only one groove on an album, but yeah. this one was like really wide, yeah. you know. So yeah,
0: <laughs> they um, yeah, everybody who heard it on vinyl, in fact, it's it just better. ran
1: straight up the middle of the exactly. album, didn't really go around
0: it. <laughs> it was just a trough it was like there was the lead-in part and then a trough and then the middle part (laughs) i don't know (laughs) no um yeah i've never i haven't listened to that one either because i just
1: yeah anyway so anyway there you have it that's the sound of an engineer (laughs) that's
0: the sound of an engineer uh it can (laughs) it can make or break uh, uh your songs and so choose wisely right
1: yeah well, like I said, that's why people hire us or not.
0: Right. Our taste and uh, where and our examples of how we've applied that taste.
1: Yeah. That leads me into like one thought, and maybe it's a passing thought here on the way out, is that what does that mean in terms of producing to the clients here?
0: Well, that sounds like a can of worms. You want to open that right up? Well, <laughs> ultimately, my, my goal and i assume this is your goal as well is to make it sound make their own make their own music sound better than they thought it could sound and sometimes that's not the same way you would have it sound if you had all of your choices
1: yeah and that's okay oftentimes that, that comes down to feedback from sure. the client or the producer right. and uh, but initially i always approach it from From within myself, Mm -hmm. and and put that out there, and then rely on feedback then to get a an idea of where it stands.
0: Yes, yeah. The feedback loop is and I do respond
1: to feedback. I don't argue it unless I think it's detrimental to the song, and that would be really highly unlikely unless it's just something like really strange, you know, a request that that I think is damaging in some way. But usually, I I just respond to the client feedback and that that helps me get an idea of where they want to go with it
0: yeah likewise and i i like it when i get close right off the bat um yeah but yeah the feedback loop is super important i always leave all my communication channels open however want however people want to contact me um and if it if it if it's too much for back and forth we'll hop on a zoom and talk through it. in fact now uh, we can do, you know, live stream, mix notes. Here, turn this up, turn this down. And yeah. um, most people don't necessarily have the time to do that or want to do that. They like to hand the files over and say, here, make
1: this better. And i yep. um, happy to do that. And Did you see that my TikTok on that during the remote session? Yes. That was so fun.
0: <laughs> TikTok has been, a, a, has been an interesting thing to,
1: to jump into. Yep. <laughs> I had no that. time for it. Yeah. I've had, it's a real time suck. Wow.
0: It can be. And,
1: yeah. And, and trying and not just cause I'm wasting time on it, but trying to actually create content. And I, I enjoy doing that. The thing is, so I don't, uh, I was trying to do it while I was actually working on something. doing work. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to illustrate how I was doing things and do a little video of that, you know, and whatever, if it's a tutorial or just, uh, sharing ideas or whatever.
0: Yeah, I haven't done that yet. And wow, only... it
1: took something that I'd be done with like 30 <laughs> minutes ago, you know, I'm and sure. I'm, I'm still like correcting, closed captioning and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've 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 gotten ideas while I'm working on something. Oh, I should do a I should do a little short video about this. But then I'll not do that. Then I'll just go back to it, and if I want to do that later, I'll use a different example or whatever. Yeah, but it's still my mind is still in its infancy here, but uh, it's it's getting somewhere.
1: Well, hey, I think that wraps it up for episode what two hundred and thirty three. Yeah,
0: crushing it.
1: You know, listeners, do you have any input on that? What do you think? Is it ears or gear? Or is it both? Do you think uh, uh, engineers create a sound and have their their own, their own quality that they add to the production? You know, or is one engineer, another engineer, another engineer? You know, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm curious to hear that, too. I'm curious to hear if you can hear a sound and if you think that's a good thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, leave a note. Leave a comment. Hit us on social media. Tell us what you think on this topic.
1: Right on. All right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Have
0: a great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for liking. Enjoy.
1: Talk to you later. Bye. Well, that wraps up another
0: episode of the indie music podcast please like and subscribe share with your friends or just leave us a review on itunes if you like what you've heard find our social links and episode guide at indiemusiccast.com.
1: until next time keep creating